In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you think about heaven, what do you imagine it is like? Perhaps you think of angels and singing and peace and joy. But when you think about what goes on in heaven, I'll bet that war is the last thing you would imagine. And yet our epistle text today tells us about a war, a war in heaven. But it's not a battle of swords and military might. Satan stands as our adversary. The word our epistle translates as accuser. Heaven is a courtroom. Cases are being tried. We get a little picture of this in Job. Satan has gone through the world, going back and forth in it, looking for someone to accuse. Before God, Satan will accuse Job and point out his sin to God. In the courtroom of heaven, Satan is the prosecuting attorney. Satan wants God to see the sin of every human and pronounce them guilty. And Satan is right. You are guilty. You have lied and cheated and stole. You've lusted and misused God's name and harmed your neighbor. And even if you haven't acted on every evil desire, you've wanted to. Satan accuses, and in this accusation, he does not need to lie. Before God's judgment throne, you stand guilty of all charges. Satan wants what is fair to be done. He had tempted Adam to bring the whole human race into sin, and now the devil wants to claim every son of Adam and every daughter of Eve as his own. By our sin, we rightly belong to the devil, and he wants to make sure that he gets exactly what he deserves. He wants you and me and every one of our children to be his loyal subjects, to live under him in everlasting wickedness, guilt, and damnation. But God has something else in mind. And to understand this war, we need to back up a little bit and see what is happening in Revelation. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. The woman is surrounded by the signs in Joseph's dream, twelve stars and the sun and moon. She is a picture of the whole nation and history of Israel. From the moment God promised Eve in the garden that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head, the world has been in expectation, waiting for the Messiah's birth. So the woman is pregnant waiting for the promised child to be born. The waiting Israel is a great and wondrous sign. 
Israel's faithful have waited, resting and rejoicing in this promise. But they aren't waiting alone. Someone else in the heavens is waiting too. Then another sign appeared in heaven. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. The dragon is the devil and Satan, the one who had deceived Eve in the garden. He doesn't want this child to be born, so he awaits the birth of the Messiah and seeks to put him to death by Herod's sword. The dragon isn't really interested in the child alone, but what the child has come to do. He wants to stop the child because Satan doesn't want to lose his kingdom. The woman gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1260 days. The child escapes. Rescued by faithful parents who listen to an angel's warning. And of course, later on, as he is brought to death, he escapes from that as well. But the woman, now a symbol of the church, escapes. She goes into the wilderness and trial of this world to await God's perfect timing. We hear of Jesus' birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension. And now, as he ascends into heaven, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him by his death and resurrection. And as he takes his rightful place upon the seat of power at the Father's right hand, Jesus has returned to the heavenly courtroom. Jesus is back in the place where the charges of sin against man are tried. But now things are different. For Jesus, your defense attorney, has brought new evidence into this court. That evidence is his nail-scarred hands and feet and side. The signs of his death on the cross, taking away the guilt of all sinners. The evidence is his living body pierced upon the altar of the cross. That evidence is his own blood poured out at the cruciform holy of holies, his own blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Now, Satan is still there with all his accusations, all the evidence of your sin, crying out to God to give you what you deserve. Satan points to the sins of the world, the lying and bickering and lust and all manner of evil. But there is Jesus. Objection, your honor. I've died for that sin. And the father's reply, sustained. I don't see that sin because it's covered by Jesus' blood. 
Does the prosecution have anything else? Well, there is that matter of murder and adultery. Objection sustained. And what about objection sustained? And so it goes. Satan fighting in vain for all mankind to be condemned. So war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth. And his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. No longer does Satan belong in this heavenly courtroom, accusing you before God. There is no longer any place for Satan in heaven because the blood of Jesus has won your victory. Every one of the devil's accusations before God has been silenced. The guilt of the whole world has been taken away by Jesus. And the prosecuting attorney is left without any evidence. The case is thrown out. And your enemy is forever expelled from heaven. Michael fought the heavenly battle, godly angels by his side, warred against the ancient serpent, foiled the beast so full of pride, cast him earthbound with his angels. Now he prowls unsatisfied. Again, this conflict between Michael and the devil is over the fate of all humankind. But it is a war that is won before it can even begin. They have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus, there is no condemnation, only grace and forgiveness flowing forth in abundance. And the voice of the accuser is silenced in heaven forever. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. The heavens rejoice that Jesus and his blood are on the throne. The heavens rejoice as the devil's accusations have been silenced by the blood. The heavens rejoice as Satan is thrown down. But this is not yet the end of Satan. Now he is thrown down to the earth. He is a defeated enemy, and yet his defeat is not yet complete. So this wounded, roaring dragon roams the earth, seeking whom he may devour. He devours by lying and accusing He lies to you, getting you to think that sin isn't that bad. 
He makes evil look attractive. And when you have fallen prey to his lies, he accuses you in your conscience. He rightly condemns you for what you have done. For the love of sin is antithetical to being a Christian. So what now? Well, notice what the holy angels used to expel Satan from heaven. It was our Lord's blood brought into the heavenly courtroom that silenced and expelled the devil there. They have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. In other words, they are conquered by Jesus' atoning sacrifice for sin and the word about that sacrifice. They are conquered by the preaching of Christ crucified. It was not a battle of swords and clubs and weapons. It was a battle of words. And the devil's accusing words were not strong enough to withstand the bloody words that expelled him from heaven. Satan had already been defeated at the cross. Jesus was bringing the news of his death into heaven. And that news, that testimony, drove the devil out of heaven forever. So it is Jesus' blood and the news about that blood that brings defeat to Satan and his kingdom. As long as that word about Jesus is silenced, Satan has dominion. But where the blood of Jesus is proclaimed, Satan can only flee. The slaughter of the lamb is the devil's undoing. And yes, yet our world is still captive to death. From the moment Adam ate of the forbidden fruit, death has been at home in our world. We are constantly instructed that death is normal. Death is natural. Death is just the way things are. Even death is a natural part of life. And there's an element of that that's true. Adam invited death and gave it a rightful place in this world. The world embraces death. And so often death is even seen as the solution to our problems. But death is not our solution. Death is our enemy. We need to be delivered from death. That brings us to our gospel reading. Jesus has sent forth his apostles to preach about what he is about to do. The war against Satan, the war against death, is won by the word of testimony about the blood of the Lamb. Jesus is sending forth his apostles to bring news of his victory wherever they go. And even the demons, the devil's angels, are subject to their word in Jesus' name. The devil's minions hear the news of Jesus' atoning blood, and all they can do is flee. And we'll actually hear more about these 72 in a few weeks when we celebrate the Feast of St. Luke. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. 
But when Jesus hears this report, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Jesus is so certain about what he will do at the cross that the defeat of Satan is a foregone conclusion. Satan will be defeated. The shed blood of Jesus will triumph. And Satan will be evicted from heaven. Trouble is, as our reading said earlier, Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Even now, even today, we know the wrath of the devil and his minions. He opposes God's kingdom in every way that he can. And he's working to bring you back into his unholy kingdom. The cross is the answer. The cross is the holy of holies, the place of rescue and forgiveness, the place of release from Satan and the evil that he commands. The shed blood of Jesus is the devil's undoing. And you, dear Christians, have been marked with that blood. In holy baptism, you were washed in Jesus' blood. His atoning blood now marks your door. Faith points to it. Death passes over. And Satan cannot harm us. In baptism, you have passed from death to life. In baptism, you have Jesus' atoning blood. And you have conquered the accuser by that blood. So when Satan and his angels tempt you to despair or point you to your sin, remember that you are one of the baptized. You wear the very defeat of Satan upon your forehead. And so it is in this confidence that Jesus sends out the 72. Twice in his instruction to them, Jesus directs them to say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God is a present reality, present in the proclamation, and Satan's kingdom is overthrown. Though Satan will assault them for this preaching, Jesus promises that nothing will hurt them. Certainly, this is cause for rejoicing. The devil and his angels are subject to us in Jesus' name. And yet, Jesus says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice not in sensational results. Rejoice not in visible success against the forces of evil. Rejoice in this, dear Christian. The angelic war is won by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb has triumphed. Rejoice in this. Your name is written in heaven. Rejoice in this. The blood that conquers our enemy is given to you this day. The Lord's messenger says, Rejoice in heaven and you who dwell in them. Rejoice this day, O Christian, 
For heaven has come down to you. Heaven is where Christ is. Heaven is here. Here is the end of the war. Here is peace. The peace of the Lord be with you always. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.